This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome back to Kindled. So today I am sharing a conversation uh, that I had with my husband Joey on our decision to homeschool. This has been uh, kind of a long time in the making and many of you have followed along on Instagram with our journey as I have shared really for the past several years that um, that's been a desire of ours at some point in the future, just didn't know when that would be and it's finally kind of become clear that it is time. And that's both an exciting and a terrifying prospect. It's scary. Uh, Even though I was homeschooled myself, it's totally, totally different being the mom and the homeschool, you know, the homeschool parent on that side of the equation, uh, very different than being the child. Uh, But I do have some idea of what I've signed up for and some idea of just the the sanctification that's going to be happening here in about a month when we start spring semester as a homeschool family. Um, but this is something that I've kind of shared with my Instagram audience, uh, and brought you guys into ask for prayers. Um, this is actually our final week of school this, this week right here, the one that I am (laughs) releasing this in. Um, and it's, uh, it's definitely a bittersweet time. It's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to leave a community that you have loved and have your kids be leaving friends that they love. And, um, there's no like there's no way to slice that anything other than what it is. It is a difficult thing. There is loss involved, but I do believe that what we stand to gain is so much more than what we stand to lose. And so, um, you know, to be honest, I wanted to record this because I want to, I want to have evidence of how I feel right now, because I know it's going to be hard. I know that we are just at the very beginning of the difficulty, of the challenge, also of the beauty and the goodness. My girls haven't gotten to experience that yet. So right now it's it's kind of mostly hard for them, mostly sad. Um, but I know that once we start experiencing some of the benefits that they're going to love it. I know they will um, because I know them. And anyway, I did want to share this for myself, for my future, future me to come back and listen to what is our why? What is the why behind why we have chosen to do this, why we believe God has led us to this decision, and what is just enabling us to kind of take that difficult leap of faith. Um, And so, you know, that said, this is obviously a very personal decision, a personal conversation. Um, It's the most personal. It's, you know, it's our life. It's um, our convictions. And um, I do want to just be super clear, although we have strong convictions for our life, uh, we don't believe that our convictions in these areas have to be anyone else's. And we don't think that if you have different convictions that you're wrong. We don't think that if you are still doing, you know, public or if you are at a different private or even the same school as our kids are at and you're listening to this knowing knowing us personally and and wanting to hear more of the behind the scenes, you know, we don't think you're wrong for for being there or staying there. 
this is really just such a personal thing. And it's something that, you know, we share this at the very end, but it's really something that only um, parents can only make this decision with them themselves and God. And um, while I wanted to share this kind of for posterity's sake and to help anyone who's processing through similar emotions, um, maybe be reinforced and reinvigorated in their why. Uh, I, I certainly don't want it to feel or seem condemning of anyone who chooses something else. So I hope you'll hear the heart behind it, that this is just our personal conviction of what it has looked like in our life. You know, and again, when I say I feel that we have failed in some ways in discipleship, that's not to say you are necessarily failing. It just means that this model is not working for our family, but every family is different. And so it is what it is. You know, that's, this is our, this is our story. So, uh, yeah, I guess with those disclaimers out of the way, uh, I will let you hear the conversation that I had with my husband, Joey on our decision to homeschool. Here you go. Okay. So today on Kindled, I am talking with my husband, Joey. Hello. Welcome, Joey. Welcome to <laughs> myself. <laughs> this is, Thank you. uh, I don't know, number four for you on Kindled, maybe five in the five years I've done this. Not sure. I really haven't leveraged you the way I should. I know. I'm very popular on the social media. Are you? I think that's what you say. Everyone says we want more Joey. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Whenever... Which is not surprising because I'm awesome. Right. <laughs> and super humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the defining characteristic I think of when I think of you is this, the humility. Um, Please. <laughs> But yes, that's true. Whenever I do say like ideas for episodes, I do get a lot of, we want more Joey, have Joey on. <laughs> so <laughs> the people, we're just giving the people what they want. That's right. That's yeah. what we're all about. Yeah. Is just give the people what they want. Yeah. That's really my middle name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk today about why we have chosen to homeschool, which I've shared about on, um, I think a previous episode that I did with Alicia Hutchinson on homeschooling. And I've also talked about this pretty extensively on Instagram, if you follow me there at Haley.Kindled. Um, but it's kind of a big decision and a big conversation. And so I did want to actually record an episode on it because um, I get the question all the time, like, why are you doing this? Or what what's the story here? Like, this is a huge life change. And... Um, I also, maybe more importantly, I want to record this so that I can know what our why is when I lose sight of it, undoubtedly in the near future and question and think, what are we doing? I know I need this reminder because I know a lot of like more veteran homeschool moms have told me, you are going to need to know what your why is when it gets hard because you are going to question, you are going to struggle and you do need to know you need to be able to recall that to mind. And so I think this is kind of also for just posterity for myself to have record evidence of like what we are thinking at the time that we are making this decision to remind myself in the future, my future self of what led us here, you know? So anything you want to add to that? No, it's a good idea. Never thought of that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so... I guess to start out, you know, for me, where where I would start this story is that, you know, from the time that we, I mean, 
I won't rehash my whole life, but I was homeschooled and you were public schooled. And from the time we got married, even before we had kids, I think we had we had conversations where we talked about, you know, you were very adamantly never public from the moment we got married. Right. Because you did not have a good experience. Do you right. want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. I grew up in Denver and so um, more liberal than any place else. It's gotten even worse now. I can't imagine it now, but... Um, yeah, just just very poor teachers who didn't care, um, students who only cared about themselves. There was no basis for truth. Um, and I think that uh, the thing, the, the story I always tell people about public school is when I was in high school, there was this dean, and people who are in public school know the deans are the people that are in charge of disciplining people. And uh, there was this African-American dean and me and one of my buddies who is also African-American or black, whatever. I guess we don't have to be politically correct here. We're throwing a football in the hallway in front of him. He grabbed me by the neck and said, you're busted and pulled me into his office. And I got in trouble. I got detention and my parents called and I asked him. What about my friend? His name was Joel. I said, what about Joel? He was throwing the football too. And the dean says, Joel doesn't get in trouble. Him and I are good. And and that kind of thing was like, oh, it's like this. And that's why I always have a problem Uh with people who are like, black people can't be racist. And that's a whole other thing in and of itself. But it was, that is something that stuck in my mind. Well, it's not Joel who was racist. It was. Well, the dean was black too. Oh yeah, oh. but anyway, okay, gotcha. um, the you left that out. <laughs> no, I said it. Oh. You weren't listening. I was listening. <laughs> I missed that detail. All right. Oh uh, yeah, I heard it. Now. Yeah. Yes. I anyway, remember. it was at that point where I was like, "Wow, you actually, as an educator, you don't care about me at all, right? Mm-hmm. You actually don't care about me at all." And I had numerous teachers. I was not a good student. Numerous teachers just let me do whatever I wanted and didn't care in any capacity, mm. right? They weren't willing to fight for me. They weren't willing to do the difficult thing. And so I think that was my view of public school was, hey, if we're, again, if we're going to send our kids somewhere, they better be with people that care about mm-hmm. them and are willing to fight for them and that are that are believers, most of all, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I became a never public Mm -hmm. schooler i guess yeah um that was the thought that i grew up with as like a kid that was homeschooled through sixth and then private schooled was just a very skewed view of public school which i would say is by and large accurate but also very kind of just this stereotypical like public school is evil um and so it just wasn't even an option for me in my mind And then with you, I I actually think I was kind of growing towards, I was getting more and more comfortable with the idea of public school because we lived in an area with acclaimed, very good schools and like people moved to our county for the schools. And so I thought, well, we live in this great place with great education. Why would we not maybe just try it? And this was also back in like 2018, 19, probably when we're having these conversations um, because our daughter didn't start kindergarten until 2020. Anyways, um, but ultimately, because of kind of your perspective, we landed on, we want a Christian education. And so we landed on a great local private school. 
that in starting in the year of 2020 was, as you can imagine, very tumultuous. Mm -hmm. That was a very tumultuous year to be entering the school system in any school setting because everyone is new to this idea of a pandemic and masks and, you know, we had to send our then five-year-old in a little plastic spit shield every single day. Um, And I mean, I just remember being so upset and so, so offended at the notion that I would need to do this to my five-year-old. And, but I think we just, in our minds, thought there's really no other option. Like we had a, a child that was 19 months younger, so like three and a half um, or four, and then Isla was, you know, five and a half. And we just really, we did not really see at the time, we didn't see another option. I don't think we were considering homeschooling at all, even though we would have both said we will homeschool, we think in the future. Like I think I remember us saying, third or fourth grade Mm -hmm. like we kind of had this idea that like sometime in elementary school it'll be easier and we'll do it then and so we entered kindergarten with that mentality but then we like kind of forgot about the homeschooling part and just sort of got really comfortable even after 2020 in the idea of private school because we had a new baby too oh yeah and then we had marigold in 2019 Right. Yes. The year of COVID. That's right. That's, that was the other major factor. It was, it was the new baby. Yes. Um, and that's all valid. I would say today, we wouldn't if, do that again. if you told me to put a five, a, a, my five-year-old in a mask and send her to school every day, I would say absolutely no way in, you know what, like right. never Over would I ever. Body. Exactly. Like that is not happening. Right. And yet at the time being kind of amateur in our convictions even though we had them and we were definitely very unhappy and very angry even very angry about the situation still ended up complying with it like that's kind of the thing that i would say like changes from us then to from then to today is we could be angry all day long we still complied we did not say we're not doing this and we're going to do something else like we're going to actually live in line with our convictions and i would say that is the major difference between us then and us today is now we still have those convictions but we're actually willing to then live differently yeah would you agree yeah and we i think what was it three-fourths of the way through the school year we ended up saying enough is enough and prior to prior to the school saying hey it's optional we stopped we stopped sending her mm-hmm. so we ended up breaking in the mask yeah we in the shield we ended up breaking the rules quote unquote for two or three months it was after christmas i remember mm-hmm. we were like you're not you're not going back right to do this and nothing ever happened right mm-hmm. which is made us even more mad and then yeah two months later they it said, became optional. Hey, it's optional yeah and only the only the, you know, a few people were sending their kids mm-hmm. in them. But, yeah, it, I think it's hard because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. We were we were trying to figure it out. We yeah. knew. We, and this was like everyone's first yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> everyone's first thought, pandemic. Well, uh, it really was. Like yeah. we all, I think there was this notion that 
first it's right just like two weeks bit. two yeah. weeks to stop the spread yeah. oh then it's just you know one month and then it's just the summer and then it's just thanksgiving it's just christmas just give up first a little semester. more yeah. oh we're almost through the hump look if we can just flatten the curve then everyone will be fine and it was like you, they kept stringing you along the government agencies everyone was being strung along to believe that it was almost yeah. over if you just gave a little bit more and where you were, if you were naive like us, was like, you you actually think, if I just give a little more, we can get through this. Mm-hmm. And what we came to find is that there is no amount that you can give that will ever satiate the demand for control and power. And we came to find that we actually should have stood our ground at the starting line and not ever stepped across that with them and said, sure, I'll go with you a mile or I'll go with you two or I'll go with you three. We should have just said no. Mm. I mean, in hindsight, it's 2020, but that's where I feel like I would 100% be today. Today I would be like, yeah, I I, I would not even go there. It would not even be an option to me. Like if you told me to send Marigold in a mask, I'd say absolutely not. We'll be homeschooling. Like, but that's, you know, that's about what, four years, four years of maturity and growth and, and also finding out how the world works. <laughs> we also, back to the school thing, we had a, there was, the head of school was, was bad. Mm-hmm. They, they continued to, to honestly lie to the school population about their plan, about what was going to happen, about what they wanted. You know, they would, they, they were speaking out of both sides of their mouth, um, to everyone the individual the individual who was in charge of the Mm -hmm. whole school and so luckily for the school that person doesn't work there anymore um Mm -hmm. but that was part of it too right we were being lied to by the head of school so so if if we would have known if they would have been forthright and said hey you know it's gonna be it could be all year Mm -hmm. our our decision might have changed. I mean, yeah, who, who I think knows? so. I, I think yeah. it would have. I yeah. think we would have been like, no, we can't do that. But yeah. we just kind of had this idea that it was, it was only going to be a little bit, right. and so we just we, to start the school. year. They said, we'll you know, we felt like we were told what we needed to be told to stay, mm-hmm. and only given enough for the next like two weeks to a month mm-hmm. to hang in there. Yeah. But anyway, moving on from yeah. that, I think background, right? Like that's just you know kind of the backstory of our lives. Um, everyone has their own story. And what I do, though, want to say, like, before we go any further is, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this who still go to this school and know what school we're talking about. And I just want to say, like, the the main primary reason we're homeschooling is not anything to do with the school we're leaving. Like, that's not the primary reason. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Like, our primary reason for leaving, for choosing homeschool is not to leave anything behind, but rather to lay claim to something that we believe is ahead of us and that Mm -hmm. that we believe is a priority for us. It Mm -hmm. is something that we want and it's something positive. It's not a negative leaving. It is a positive. It's on the, it's on, it's in the black. It's a credit, not a debit, right? Like Mm -hmm. we want this for our children, for our family. And we, our life circumstance has, God has kind of laid it out in such a way that it, affords us the opportunity to do it now and and that is to homeschool and kind of make our family um one that is has more time together you know i mean you were laid off from your corporate job this time last year about a year ago right after thanksgiving before christmas 
you've now been a year into owning your own business. That's been successful and great. Um, it's enabled me to work less, mm -hmm. which means now the idea of homeschooling is viable and, you know, a reason like something we could actually do. And I think we're like, oh, yeah, our oldest is in third grade. Here we are at the quote unquote third or fourth grade. And we're going, oh, my gosh, like here we are, like time, time has flown and we're yeah. suddenly here. And like, what are we waiting for? Like, when is it, if it's, if not now, when, right. how much longer would we delay that estimated? This is when we think we'll be ready. I don't know why we thought that number, but the fact that we did say that number is, is not inconsequential because it has kind of come up for us now going, wow, like we thought that was so far in the future. And all of a sudden you blink and you're there and it's like, Okay, well, here you are. Like, yeah. are, did you actually mean what you said? Or was that just, were you just blowing smoke? Right. I want to interrupt this episode to tell you about our first sponsor, and that is W2 Beef Co. W2 is a husband and wife team that is selling grass-fed, grain-finished beef in bulk, shipped for free, straight to your door. Kevin is a fourth-generation farmer who has been farming and ranching for 15 years. Their beef is raised on the wide open pastures at the Kansas-Oklahoma state line. They currently specialize in selling bulk, so this is your chance to stock your deep freezer with quality meat. If you love hosting parties, meal prepping for your family, or having steaks on hand for the grill, they are the meat providers for you. Like I mentioned, they ship straight to your doorstep for free. So this saves you a trip to the grocery store, hauling the meat home, wondering where it's sourced from, what it has been injected with, you can forego all of those stresses by ordering from W2 Beef. And I was shipped um, a an eighth of a cow, uh, which is now stocking my freezer, which A, gives me so much peace of mind knowing that we have quality beef in our freezer that's going to last me months and is, is just is so well-raised and sourced. I don't have to stress going, what is in this? Where is it from? Who raised it? What did they put into it? We really do not know if we can even trust the packages in the stores these days. And there's just a lot of concerns about our food supply um, and how that is going to be tampered with in the future. But the other thing I'll say is that I have eaten these steaks. I've had this ground beef. It is excellent in terms of quality, taste, texture. It is not tough. It is soft. It is excellent quality beef. So you will not be disappointed when you check out W2 Beef. Sign up for their huge giveaway of 50 pounds of free meat. When you sign up, sign up, you also get the chance to learn about their farm and you get a limited time offer that is available only when you sign up for that giveaway for Kindle listeners. And so scroll down in the show notes, click the link to sign up for the giveaway for 50 pounds of meat. But beware, do not sign up if you don't have a place to keep the meat because this is a lot of meat. You're going to need an extra freezer for this. Um, scroll down in show notes. You'll find the link for W2 Beef Co. Check them out at w2beefco.com. Yeah, and I think it's important too to, like, we, for the last two years, you have had the idea in your mind that, hey... I want more time. I think I want to homeschool. We've talked about it and it has always been, and this is a beautiful picture of biblical marriage, right? And biblical headship and the fact that it is not keeping you down, but it actually enables you to mm -hmm. be more free 
in in who you are because we have talked about this and you said hey i think i i'm I'm feeling this way you know i i think this for the last two years and our response to that is hey we pray about it we seek wise counsel and then we make a decision every year we make this decision and every year it has been hey you have been hey i'm feeling more this way and i have been i understand that i just know that it's not the right time like that mm-hmm. is, and and your understanding of your place in the marriage, your God given place has been okay. You're the Joe. You're the head. I'll submit to your authority in mm-hmm. here because it's not a sin issue, right? It's not mm-hmm. a, sending your kids to public, private, homeschool. It's not a sin issue outside of like it's if a you conviction have, issue outside yeah. of like if you have drag queens teaching your kids. Like that's a whole right. nother deal. But which we don't, which we don't. Luckily, but. The I think it's important to understand that there came a point three months ago where Juliet, our middle, came home and we were trying to ask her what how her day was. And she was so exhausted, so mentally spent, spent she literally came to tears because she just didn't want to talk. She didn't want to. And we want connection with our kids. Yeah. We want to understand and so we were like, Jules, please tell us, please tell us. We love you. We want to know what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And she was just so spent, completely drained of any mm-hmm. emotion, any mental, mental capacity. capacity, anything, that she just started bawling because she was just so wiped yeah. out. And that was the thing for me that convicted me. And, it, and it, I looked at my daughter and I was like, at seven years old, yeah. you should not... This should not be happening. You should not get to this place. You should not be so wiped on a Monday or a Tuesday that you can't talk to your parents. And that's when we were walking around the pool. Just, I don't remember why, but... We were getting steps in. Yeah, Yeah. getting steps in. And and I just, I just knew, I just knew that it was, it was time, you know? And, And, And so that is like, yes. So that conversation that we were having that night... Several weeks prior to that, I had actually, you know, we've been having this ongoing conversation for a couple years of like, hey, we, you know, we feel like we'll probably homeschool at some point. We don't really know when. It just felt like this ominous thing in the future that we just weren't sure. It was probably going to happen someday, but we didn't really know when. And we weren't ready yet. And, or maybe I wasn't ready. And so, um, I, but I, I would be usually the one to bring it up and be like, Joey, you know, what do you think? Like, I just don't know. Like, should we do it? I don't know. Like it, our school is great. There's so many positives. It's a biblical, it's a Christian school. They're getting great Bible curriculum. There's great teachers. We love the administration. Like there's so many positives. Biblical worldview is a huge piece for them. They are getting all of that. And so there wasn't any like big red flag with the administration side that we were like, oh, we've got to leave. There was nothing like that. It was, there was other things with the school, but not that. And so I always felt very confused when this conversation came up because I'm like, am I just trying to recreate my childhood as a homeschooler and that I'm trying to like live vicariously somehow through my kids having my life and that's unhealthy? Am I trying to, you know right like is this coming from the right place is my desire a godly desire or is it a selfish desire am i just wanting what's good for me to keep my kids little or keep them home with me because i just selfishly want to be with them or and it's not good for them like i i always 
questioned all of that. Like, I don't know where this is. I don't know where this desire falls on the spectrum of right or not right. And so I just prayed again, probably three to four weeks before we had a very, a very pivotal conversation and just prayed, God, like, you're going to have to make this clear to our family through Joey. It's going to have to come through Joey because any conviction or stirring of my heart is too confusing because I have a history with homeschooling and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's right for us. I don't know if this is just my baggage speaking. And so I was just like, it can't be me. I can't be the one with the conviction. I can't be the one with the certainty because it will not be certain to me. I will feel confused. And so it needs to be Joey saying it's, this is the right thing for us. Well, you can't, you can't be the one to lead. Right. I didn't want to lead, but I also felt like I was the only one who kind of had the strong conviction on it at any point. And you were, you had always said, yes, you had always said like, well, it's going to be you whose life changes the most. And so I don't want to make you do it if you don't want to, right? Like you kind of were giving me space, right? To not have to do something I didn't want to do. Which because of your history. Right. Your family history. But I felt confused by that because I'm like, but I don't know what I want. And so my prayer was that God would make it through your your voice and your conviction and this decision for our family that that was the right thing. And we were walking around the pool some night in probably September. And you said... Yeah, a month into the school year. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I think it was like the middle of September. And you said, I think we should look into homeschooling for next... I don't know if you said next year or oh, next semester, yeah, I don't but that was instantly like, and we actually had just started walking. There was no conversation happening. It was not like we were, we were not talking about it. It wasn't like we had already had this conversation open. It was just like, Oh, we just got the kids down. We're walking around the pool and out of nowhere you say that. And I just instantly knew like Holy spirit conviction of the, the Holy spirit clarity of there it is. There it was. That was that was it. There, there's your answered prayer. Like, that's Joey telling you it's time to do it. And I just I knew. And even even then, I like got shivers down my spine and like realized that was definitely an answer to to prayer. So yeah, and I think it's it's so it's so hard to not over spiritualize things, but also understand that. Prayer is important. Prayer is, God tells us to pray. And um, I don't think that either of us, hopefully people don't hear us saying, hey, pray about it and God will confirm it through your husband or whatever. But that's Mm -hmm. just, that's what happened through us. And it's interesting because it's funny because you're like, you think like, oh, I wonder, I hope I'm not doing this because I want the easy thing or selfish reasons. It's like, Actually, we it's kind of a confirmation that it's not about us because it's going to be hard. No, it's not the easy thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not, the easy thing is sending them away. The, and like, the easy thing is to stay in what is comfortable and known yeah. and familiar. Like yeah. we're in a pretty easy spot right now, just right. to be honest. Like yeah. other than the financial burden of private school, which is definitely substantial, um, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy mm-hmm. in a lot of ways to like – Pack. the hardest thing is packing your kids lunch every night and you do that and you know and then it's like hey <laughs> send them to school and they you know they you go pick them like drop off pickup and your day as a parent begins at 3 30 p.m 
Yeah. Like that yeah. is that is relatively easy yeah. when, when you just think in light of my own context. Like what right. would be easiest for me as a person, as an individual, not the family, not my children, but like what is easy for me, mm-hmm. it would be to stay. Yeah. Which is a good segue into why. Right. Why are we doing this? And why are we doing this? <laughs> oh, do you want me to go first? No. Yes, sure. Oh. I would like you to. I think that the main reason for me is time. Mm-hmm. You know, our, like you said earlier, it feels like we blinked and Isla is nine and Jules is seven and Mare is four. And it's like, where did it go? Yeah. You know, and um, we have the capacity and the capability both being home to mm-hmm. to be with them right. right and even if it's even if i'm in the office working we i have and you're down here with them it's like i have capacity to come downstairs and see them throughout the day have lunch together you know play for 30 minutes or whatever why wouldn't i want that why right. wouldn't i want more time with my kids and the thing that i've said a lot and we've run through these worst case scenario scenarios i guess is you know isla is 23 getting married and and going Mm -hmm. through the the thing that most you know people who are becoming adults go through is like what did my parents do wrong so Mm -hmm. i cannot do that (laughs) and she comes to me and says dad i can't believe you took me out of school and my response to her would be, I'm really sorry I wanted to spend more time with you. Mm-hmm. I hope you can forgive me. Mm-hmm. And and it's that sort of thing that makes me know that our motive is is one that is good because that's what we want. We want more time with our kids. We want to be together more. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, part of it is... <laughs> I, and you, I just said this to you before we started this, and we were talking to some people at church about it. It's like my greatest desire and prayer for my kids is one, that they love the Lord, but two, that they meet godly men, get married, have kids, and stay home with those kids and raise their kids. Mm-hmm. And so a stay-at-home mom doesn't need to know calculus. Just She just doesn't. A stay-at-home mom doesn't need to know 90% of the stuff that they would learn as they are grow as they are going to middle school and high school, right? So why would I not want my kids home where we could say, "Hey, you need to, you need to learn how to cook and you need to learn how to do personal finances. You need to learn, you know, you need to learn about political how to clean, science." How to- how to, how keep, to up, keep your room clean right and, how to take care how to how to take care of chickens more effectively yeah. how to raise and, animals and, right because i know people are hearing this going oh my gosh like you don't want to have educated children not at all in fact like i would argue i am better educated than 99% of other 35 year old women who are my peers right. and i was homeschooled and private schooled right. and and yes i went to college and got a degree but you know, and we're also not saying that our kids can't go to college or that they we don't want them to be educated or even that we don't want them to learn calculus. Like, right. okay, yeah, you're going to learn calculus. But the point is that we don't put our value on mm-hmm. the academic side of what school tells you and the mm-hmm. traditional school model tells you is Important. everything. Right. This is everything. Your A in this, you live or die by this. And if you have kids like we do who are very 
like performance driven Mm -hmm. and driven by A's and good grades like how I was she's a she's a mini me I think both of them are I think probably all three of them will be that way they're very smart and they're very intelligent and and they they want to do well they want to do well in school they want to get teachers you know kind of affirmation they want to get good grades they want us to be pleased like but they're also in a system that's telling them this is super important and this is kind of everything and we're going from the sidelines like I mean, yeah, your grades matter. Like, we want you to work hard and we want you to apply yourself. But your grade on this triorama for a book report is kind of neither here nor there. Like, we want you to learn. And we've told this to our oldest daughter who's starting to get into these, like, evaluative kind of performance-based assignments and projects where they're trying. You've got a teacher who's trying to assess 20 students and discern their knowledge of Mm -hmm. did you grasp the material did you comprehend the material in the book and so in order to do that they have to have a system that's easy to grade like a fast rubric that's a here's the acceptable answer to this question right a b c or d did you answer that yes great okay good moving on a but that doesn't actually really evaluate true comprehension Mm -hmm. and true comprehension would be sitting down and having a conversation like did you understand the ideas presented in the book tell me about this what did you learn like tell me about it and obviously in a traditional model the teacher can't do that you know that's we understand that and there's no fault of the teacher our teachers have been amazing and we love our teachers they're the best thing about the school and so there's no like critique of the teacher it's just that in a traditional model that is not possible and so as we see that we have these performance driven kids who thrive on the gold star the chart you know being given kind of hey your row was quiet first so you get to go to lunch first or you get Mm -hmm. to go to recess first all of these kind of outward behavior um evaluation tools that tell them i'm either good or bad i'm either doing well or i'm not doing well we're going but these things aren't getting to the heart Mm -hmm. like yeah, your row might have been quiet first, or yeah, maybe you were given the award for courage or kindness at school, but that doesn't evaluate your heart motives at all. Right. And and the teacher and the system as a whole can't do that because it's not built to do that. It, right. It's too big, and that is not a repeatable, sustainable process. Yeah. But we actually care about your heart. And as your parents, if the thing you got an A in, you were begrudgingly and, and not wanting to do it the whole time, and you were just doing it for the sake of, getting the a we actually want you more than we want you to get a good grade we want you to love learning Mm -hmm. we want you to actually love the truth love the love the truth and love the process of learning and grow to love what it is to be well educated and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind first by god's word and then secondarily by you know truths that we can find in the world right through people's lives or reading george washington's biography or what founding fathers believed or stood for like we value all of that but we want you to do it for the right reasons and what we've seen is that in this traditional model it's just very difficult for a teacher to evaluate why the child is doing well like Mm -hmm. yeah they're doing well but why are they doing well yeah are they riddled with anxiety as our oldest is and she's biting her nails and struggling with you know anxiety at school because it's hard and because she doesn't know who the teacher's going to assign in the pairs or, you know, she's told us all kinds of things, which I won't get into, but just things that cause her to feel anxious. And I'm like, it kind of breaks my heart that I'm not there to help her through that. Like, 
you're only nine. You don't need to, you shouldn't feel that anxious at nine. Yeah. Like I didn't feel anxious at nine. <clears throat> and I was, I mean, I was homeschooled. I'm not saying like, yeah, some kids do and don't, but if I can help it, you're not going to feel anxious at nine over an academically rigorous program where it's evaluating you based on these rubrics and metrics that, you know, we don't, we could do away with that. And we could yeah. just say, hey, did you grasp this? Like, why don't you do a, why don't you write a letter to someone based on, and like, tell them what you learned. Like, that's what I care about is, did you, did you learn the information? Not, can you perform on a test? Or, you know, how was the triorama constructed? Or, you know, all these things, even though I think there's nothing wrong with these projects. Compounded together, they do produce this bent towards performance that is external and there could be a severe lack internally of actual desire to learn, actual love for the truth, mm-hmm. and just an exterior performance-based mechanism, which is going on. And I think that's something that I didn't realize until this year, which because third grade it's, starts to get in a little more intense. Up a, up a level, yeah. And you're starting to get into these types of evaluation tools, which mm-hmm. they need to just discern, is the kid learning? And I'm going, I know she's learning, but I don't love what she's actually learning in that process. I want to share with you another new sponsor, and that is Stronghold Art Outfitters. They equip Christians with biblically sound and aesthetically pleasing gear, such as t-shirts, mugs, stickers, bags, and more, giving you the courage to audaciously speak the truth in love and also celebrate the many good things we cherish, like freedom, coffee, and excellent literature. Enjoy the wide variety of -of one-of-a-kind designs from Stronghold Art Outfitters that encourage hope, truth, and love. Their designs are super cute. Trust me. Go check them out on Instagram at Stronghold Art. Their Save the Babies t-shirt. Profits from that go to the Piedmont Women's Center in Greenville, South Carolina. And this is the shop that you may remember started on Etsy, but some listings were removed because of the woke policies there. And so they had their XX equals real, real woman t-shirt removed and so um, now you can buy everything through their website at strongholdartoutfitters.com and you can use code kindled15 for 15% off your order so check their stuff out it's super cute Um, I love how they've incorporated Aslan and some of my favorite quotes from that series into mugs and shirts and I'm about to be getting a package from them so I will show you some photos on Instagram when I get that but go check them out at Stronghold Art and don't forget to use Kindled 15 for 15% off your purchase. Yeah I think it it also needs to be said too that our kids our kids are at school eight hours a day that's a full-time job. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a huge part of it, too, is like, I don't want my kids having a full-time job of school. Right. I want them to be kids. Right. I want you to have a childhood. I want them them to go outside and play and be muddy and throw, hit, hit, you know, throw rocks at signs signs and, you know, chase. Get into trouble once in a while. Yeah, right. The sandlot, right, is, you know, like, be a kid. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be sitting in a desk and I know they have three recesses and PE and stuff, but it's like that there's, that is still They're sitting the majority of their day. Yeah. That is still structured. And that's what I, I think we've told, I've told Isla and Jules that part of the reason why we're doing this, because we've been super open and honest with them Mm -hmm. because they're old enough to understand is, Hey, 
we do not think now we have we are convicted that you do not need to be learning as much in the way you are right you will probably do school about two or three hours a day the remainder of the day you'll get to explore hobbies you'll get to interest, play outside yeah. interest play together you play together right you know build your it, relationship as sisters yeah which is which is again i think just one more one more positive that we're seeing in that and a desire and a longing of ours is be a kid. Yeah. Be you that you have your entire life to be an adult. Right. You have be a kid. You be have kid. so I mean, most of your life is going to be spent with responsibility, burden, mm-hmm. weight, An- anxiety, anxiety over over real life. And it's not that we wanna insulate you to the degree that you don't have to experience the real world it's that we we know the real world is coming and we're not in a rush to push you into it we actually our job is to protect you that's why you're under our care for about 18 years and longer if needed but that's that's our job is to actually provide an environment where you can thrive Mm -hmm. and flourish and you don't have to be under such intense pressures that you develop these habits of biting your nails to deal and cope with the amount of anxiety you feel mm-hmm. in a classroom away from your parents that you have been, I guess, conditioned because we've been sending you there for four years to assume that this is normal. Okay. It's normal to have this level of anxiety every single mm-hmm. day. It's just normal to come home so exhausted mentally that you can't even find it in yourself to share with your parents what you learned. Yeah. It's normal to just which come is home. Not, and, which is not okay with us. Well, no, it's right? like, I think it's not okay, but it is very normal. It's, yeah. it's normal, normal in society and everyone okay. understands like, I remember hearing like, oh yeah, you know, the kids will, it, they'll be really tired after school, but they adjust. And it's almost like, is it that they adjust or is it that you get used to the level of tired that they are? I, I feel yeah. like it's actually more you adjust to your yeah. expectations of yeah. how your kids are after school. Not that they adjust, they're still tired and yeah, maybe they mask it different ways, but the exhaustion, the socialization the overstimulation of their day the just the you know go 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 being with 20 other peers for seven eight hours a day like that takes a toll i mean oh my goodness that would take a toll on me and our kids are very much homebodies like we are and i'm actually kind of shocked they've done as well as they have in school um and they love school like i won't i'm not gonna lie they're they're not like asking to come home they i think they would have never asked to if we didn't initiate it you know they love school they're doing they're doing well like by all accounts they're doing well so this really is coming from us going yes our kids are doing okay and they're doing good and they love it but we know that what we value is not going to be achieved with the model that our life looks like currently Mm -hmm. the fast pace of right like having to wake them up in the morning little it's these little things that compound and create a life of this fast pace where you are like when did my life take over me mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not running my life my life is running me and my schedule and the school calendar and all of the things like we have to wake our kids up because they're still sleeping when it's time to get up and get ready for school and we have to rush out we have to feed them breakfast and make their lunches and get them dressed and and rush, 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 push them through the morning going, come on, come on, come on, get your shoes on. Let's do your hair. Come on, let's go over here. Come on, guys, guys, go brush your teeth, blah, blah, blah. Like we're pushing them and it's unsettled and it's stressful. And then they leave and it's like, oh, okay, it's quiet and peaceful. 
I can enjoy my day, but it's a quiet house and you and I are both working at home and then they're gone all day Mm -hmm. and they come home and it's, they're exhausted. We see them at their worst (laughs) when they are the most tired. Um, and they're still great girls, but like they're, they're clearly tired after the day. They don't, it's like they imagine getting home from work. I remember when you had a, a job that was very socially focused. You were talking on the phone all day. It still is, but I was in an office. Yeah, you were in an office environment, similar to like a school with peers talking all day. And you would come home and I'd be like, so how's your day? And I was home and I was with a baby or whatever. And I'm like, talk to me about your day. And you're like, I need some time to decompress. Like, I can't talk to you right now. And I remember struggling with that being like, well, I want to talk. Like, I want that. And you You're the only adult I've seen all day. Yeah, like you needed time. And it's kind of the same with kids. And it's because they're basically living, they're basically, like you said, having a full-time job of being a student. Mm. And I guess the question is, like, do they actually need to? Do they need? No. Do they need to be a student for 40, 30 to 40 hours a week in order to learn? Is that essential? Is that critical to their development, to their well-being? Will they be at a disadvantage if they spend less official hours in a in a you know, you what you could say is like a, a traditional educational environment with a book and a pen and or pencil and a teacher, which they'll still do, but then shift some of that into experiential learning where they are maybe, you know, our oldest is expressing that she wants to be a web designer like me. So I've given her access to my Canva account and she gets to go on and do graphic design and learn and be building designs and like creating layouts and she absolutely loves it she would do it all day if i would let her Mm. and it's like actually in reality as she gets older those types of things are going to only be more important that she starts to find a niche where she thrives and is interested and and wants to pursue an, an interest and if i can give her more time to do that and like kind of narrow in on something she's good at or interested in why would i not want to do that and go, hey, go take a graphic design class at JUCO down the street. You know? Yeah. You can go. You at can 16. Right. <laughs> you can actually yeah. be way ahead of me where I only found a web design class my junior year. And of college. Of college and dis- discovered this whole field that I really loved when it was kind of too late to even get an official education in it. Like she could be so much further ahead than me in that aspect. But only if she has the time, mm. not, you know, as as schoolwork gets more intense and homework becomes more demanding, like in sports and, you know, all the things and like small group or um, student ministry, like all these things, like they take up a lot of time. And then also I'm asking, when am I going to see my kids? Mm. <laughs> like yeah. at when yeah. it's it's crazy how life has just become so I think that's just what's normal, though, is people are used to. They don't have a family dinner. They all get home around 8.30 or 9. They sit around and maybe their kids now have to stay up later to just spend any time with their family. And that's the norm. Yeah. And I think that that's something as well that you and I in the last year have realized that we we don't actually have to do that. Right. Like, just... Why are we doing this? Yeah. Why? And, and we've had those... We've looked at each other at some times and like why are we doing this yeah. what's happening what is like, happening yeah. yeah and and the amazing thing is that because we have 
freedom in Christ, we don't have to we don't have to worry about what the world says our life should look like. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about the fact that in our particular slice of America, mm. every family every, every family is overbooked, overworked, overtired, overdrawn, overdrawn, <laughs> overdrawn right. over everything. Yeah. And that, and to the world, that is that success. is success. We if can, you can juggle all yeah. the balls and keep the glass balls in the air and yeah. nothing breaks, that's success. Yeah, and we can say, actually, Christ crucified and resurrected is our hope. Therefore, we can focus on what he has given us, which is our family, and it can look, and and it can look it can look completely backwards and it will look completely backwards to the world mm-hmm. right how many times have we had conversations even with christians mm-hmm. and have been like who have been run ragged and they're like oh we have baseball and soccer and softball and three this and that and we go and they go isn't it, isn't it crazy and we go no because we don't do that we don't we don't well, seriously no, we don't do how that. do you not do that we just don't we say no. Yeah, we say no. And and the beautiful thing is that we can have people look at us and go, that's weird. And we can go, cool. Yeah, it is. Great. It yeah. is. Because we're supposed to be of and the it's world, not, not in the world. It's in not world, a point not of, of pride. Like, no. I, it's not a point of pride that we're better. I think it's a conviction that we, as parents, have been tasked with something that no one else is. And that is to raise our our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And as we looked at the amount of hours we spend with our girls and what our time looks like with them, our quality time, like not the time that you're maybe, yes, you can have some quick conversations in the car on the way to school or home from school, but like not just the in between the margins, but what does our quality time look like? When are we ever able to sit down and like read the Bible with them, read anything with them? Like, I find myself rushing through bedtime books with Marigold just because it's been such a busy full day and it's like it's late and everything is always so crammed. Where is the margin to just exist with them? Disciple. You know? Yeah, to actually disciple them. And and I to- have told you this, that like I feel like in a lot of ways we have been failing at truly discipling our children. Like not because I think we're bad parents, but because discipleship necessitates quality time you cannot effectively disciple someone if you don't spend the time with them Mm -hmm. and through the week the majority of our week five out of seven days it is we are spending life on the margins in in the margins that's that's what our time with them is it's it's the three hours after school it's the 30 minutes before they leave that is 30 really... minutes for you an hour for me yeah <laughs> i am the sleep late princess um <laughs> okay a little too real there i'm gonna forgive you for that <laughs> aren't you so happy you had me on <laughs> yes all right okay joey's better at getting up than me hmm. but like it is not i think i have felt like if someone were to say, are you really doing an effective job of, of discipling your children? In all honesty, I'd have to say no, because I don't have the amount of time that I need to do a good job of that. I, I just don't have the face time. Yeah, in the time I have, sure, I think I'm doing the best I can. But 
is that how I would qualify like a truly excellent discipleship relationship? No, mm-hmm. no, not at all. Mm-hmm. I would say it's moderate. With the time that I have, it's as good as it can be, right. but it's not excellent. And so I'm going like, is that good enough for me? Am I am I content to just go, yeah, I'll take what I can get and I'll do my best and I'm going to, you know, stand before God and give account for that and say, you know, I did my best. And again, my salvation isn't based on my works. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm still called to some standard in God's word. And I think that my greatest mission, because I am a mom, is to raise my children up. Mm-hmm. It's not... We take the call serious. Yeah, like that yeah. is that is my most important calling. It's not to be a better business person. It's not to even keep a prettier home. It's to raise my children up to fear and love and know God and I can't really do that in three hours a day. It's not enough time. Mm-hmm. Like, and thankfully, they're in a school where they have been getting great doctrine and truth and ha- are being around, you know, they've been around Christian teachers who do love them. I, I know they love them and I, I love their teachers. Like, it's, again, we love their teachers. We love the school. But am I doing a good job? Not as good as I could be mm-hmm. if I had more time with them. Like, and not, I think some of this could be like, someone could say, oh, that's pie in the sky. Just wait till you start. It's going to be way harder. Yeah. Right. Yes, it the way is. It, the way is narrow and right. And it's, it is. it's hard. I, I do think it's going to be hard. I think, I think I know maybe more than most people who start out homeschooling how hard it'll be because I've been the homeschooled kid with the mom who was frazzled, who didn't maybe want to be there, be doing it all the time and be there all the time. And, and I understand the dynamic that like this is going to be difficult more difficult for me than even for them but like you know um my friend abby halberstadt says hard is not the same thing as bad and just because something's hard doesn't mean that's not exactly where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. something being hard is not a sign that it's not for you or that it's not god's will for you God's will, like you actually brought this up. I'll let you tell this story. Brought this up with Isla in the car last week. She said, dad, I'm just, I'm excited for homeschooling, but I'm afraid that it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And what did you say? Yeah. I told her the kind of the same thing. Like it's, it will be hard, but that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's not where God wants us. It doesn't mean any of that. And she didn't, uh, I think we talked about the full-time job and the fact that she's not going to be graded. She's, she's, you know, it's going to be more the same free to, to explore things she's interested in and, and stuff like that. And, and I think that that, that spoke to her, you know, is, is it's not, it, it could, it will be hard. There will be hard parts, but that doesn't mean it's wrong and it doesn't mean it's bad. And, you know, I think it's good that she doesn't know that much difficulty. I think that's good. But I also think there comes a point where she needs to learn that difficulty doesn't mean bad. Well, you actually, I guess I was getting at, you you said, think of all the people in the Bible. Oh, yeah, that's right. Think of all the people in the Bible that that went through difficulties, right? Right. And, you know, we went through, I forgot that I said that. I'm just, they... You know, think about Abraham. Was his was was Abraham and Isaac? Was that was that easy? Well, no. What did God do? And Isla is 
like a little Hank Hanegraaff, right? She's just <laughs> Bible a little answer Bible girl. answer girl. So she's like, no, God God showed him this and you provided. Know, provided. Okay, what about Noah? Was building an ark easy? No, it was really hard. Well, what did God show Noah in that? Oh, well, God, God showed Noah that he provides and that he saves people. And, you know, what about Jesus? Like, was that easy mm-hmm. for Jesus? And she, no, no, no. And it's like, yeah, God uses difficulties circumstances in order yeah. to refine us right you have mm-hmm. this tattoo on your wrist that's you know your gold to refine it's like yeah god like be give us difficulty to burn away the sinfulness in our hearts mm-hmm. give us difficulty to burn away the selfishness the the wickedness all of the things that you don't want from us mm-hmm. to refine us to be more like you and that's we will we will see that in our own hearts in for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. through homeschooling our girls are going to see that the beautiful thing is that we are going to be able to show them that mm-hmm. we are going to be able to disciple them through hey i know you're having a difficult time what is what part of your heart is god touching right now is it your pride mm-hmm. is it your self-reliance self-reliance is it your performative nature is it where is what is god poking on right now and trying to burn away from you mm-hmm. through this you know comfort selfishness all those things right. which they have been dealing with in school but we have not been there we have to help there. them right and their teacher has 20 other students so exactly. she, they're not able to deal i want to tell you about another new sponsor and that is cami monet have you seen the watercolor delights and paper and party goods from Cami Monet? They are your one-stop shop for gifting and parties. If you love stationery and all things bright and beautiful, you will love Cami's cute shop. She's a watercolor artist, so everything is her own unique design, and she has lots of other curated finds from other small makers as well. Whether you just need a sweet card for a friend or you're planning your next celebration, Cami Monet will help you make everything a little more fun with adorable party wear and pretty paper packed with personality. Their shop motto is make everything fun and they live by that every day. They are also proud to stand for life and 10% of every purchase goes to pro-life ministries, specifically to choicesfriends.com, her local pro-life pregnancy center. And Choices Women's Clinic was founded to give women considering abortion somewhere to go before they decide, to give them a choice based on truth and the highest standard of care and medical services. It's a place where people can find hope, care, and support, and ultimately find life through Christ. So I am super excited to partner with Cami Monet, and you can use the code KINDLED for 20% off your first order at CamiMonet.com. That is C-A-M-I monet m-o-n-e-t dot com and use the code kindled for 20 percent off your first order you take the best teacher in the world she yeah. can't replicate what a, a subpar mom can replicate on a one-on-one basis and mm. that's just i think you know like i am trying to be aware of the fact that i'm not even homeschooling yet and so i know there could be people listening going like oh but you're making it sound so easy mm-hmm. it's so much harder then you're sounding and and I am sure you're right. I'm yeah. sure it is a lot harder than I even know. Yeah. But I also would just remind you and my future self who's listening to this to tell me why we should keep going. Yeah. Is like 
you know, as I have thought through, like, actually, the fact that we're even leaving this school mid-year with the teachers that we do have is evidence that it is God's will for us and God's timing and not our own because I would never have left this year mm-hmm. on my own accord mm-hmm. or with my own decision because we have literally the best teachers I would say in the whole school two out of the three and the third one is in second grade yeah <laughs> you know, like we, we just have the best teachers no all, I think all three I would honestly say are like my favorite teachers yeah. in, in the school yes there are three of the best teachers yes and one of them Isla had last year Jules right. could have had next year mm-hmm. if we would have stayed Sure. Yeah. Anyways, my point is we have amazing teachers, ones that I am not trying to leave at all and I'm sad to leave. And I have even thought, you know, how could I even be as good of a teacher as her? I'm not. I haven't been a third grade teacher for nine years like she has. Like Mm -hmm. she's amazing. How can I replicate that? And yet I... You know, as I have like wrestled with that question of, am I trying to replicate school? Am I trying to compete even with this amazing third grade teacher at a private school? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. And you have told me and others have told me, you love your daughter more than that teacher ever will. Mm-hmm. Even if she's amazing, even if she's the best in the world, if she's the best third grade teacher in the world, mm-hmm. you still, no one can love your daughter as much as you do. Yeah. And so therefore you are equipped to teach her well Mm -hmm. because education is not merely about what curriculum did you use this year and what grade level did you advance through education is the whole person Mm -hmm. and this is like stuff i'm learning as i'm reading about homeschool you know uh philosophy i guess of like what does a successful education even look like how do you determine what the end goal is for a child. And that actually informs you as to what you will view as a successful education, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is the end goal here? What do we want to have before us at, at the age of 18? Now I can work backward and go, so what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. And when I think about that, I'm like, I don't want someone who has just learned to study for the test, perform, perform and get good grades, you know, weave their way and navigate their way through a system and outshine their peers that's actually not what matters to me Mm -hmm. i i don't really care about any of that i care about someone who has the internal fortitude and like conviction and knows what truth is and knows who god is and wants to serve him with their whole life no matter what it looks like wherever he may be leading them and i want them to be so familiar with his will for their life that they have they have this sense of familiarity with where god is leading them Mm -hmm. and what he would have them do what is the next right thing for them what does that look like how do they navigate all the hard decisions that will come their way the relational challenges right like the things that we as young adults only face after college in a lot of ways we don't even start our life until we're through all of these kind of fake existences that aren't even real life we we say we want our kids like well you're you're taking them out of right they're not going to be socialized if you take them out of the the peer group but it's like that's not real life right. i i as an adult don't get to hang out with a bunch of 35 year olds all day long like that's mm-hmm. not actually real life real life is being around 
a variety of ages at any given time and communicating with them and getting along in any given social group, right? So the idea, it's these synthetic environments we create and call it education. And we say that's what an educated child looks like is one who knows how to get along with peers. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it's like that's that's a very arbitrary definition yeah. and, and that has nothing to do with being successful in life mm-hmm. or being well-versed or being able to talk to the waiter when you order your food or look him in the eye or right. all these other life skills that like a parent could have the, a straight-A student who does great in school but like has zero social skills mm-hmm. and zero ability to navigate the actual real world. And we're like, yeah, maybe that's not – Maybe we need to rethink what does success look yeah. like? You know, what, yeah. what are we looking for at 18? Yeah. And I would, I would say that because you and I met in college, we know, you know, you were more, you were much more well-rounded mm-hmm. at 19 than any other 19, than your 19 year old peers. Yeah. Right. And I was more well-rounded when we met, it was 21 and that was one because my parents taught me well, but also mm-hmm. because I had been on my own since yeah. 18, 18, right? And so I had to. And life I had experience. been I had been working since thirteen and a life experience is what education, you know, the streets educated Joey Williams, mm-hmm. but not really. So You're so I, hardcore. I know, right? Um yeah, and, and it's again it's it's caring about what God cares about. Caring about what the Lord says, caring about his truth as a primary, everything else is secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, I, again, not to, you know, and maybe people will be annoyed at me, but it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't care less about my girls knowing facts if they don't know what the Bible says. Mm. It's like, I don't, that is, that is primary. Mm-hmm. That, and, right. and that in, is. In relation to, yeah. Yeah. And so. I think that's that's important as well, and it's the most important thing. So, yeah, I don't know where else we're going with this whole deal, but I think it's it is it's also important to understand that these decisions are not salvific. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not moral outside of some immorality happening inside of your kid's school that you are exposing them to. Or putting them in to and yeah which yeah there's i mean this is the part i thought i don't think we'll go into depth on this by any means um because it's particular to our situation but i think um it's a valid question to ask like when you when you link arms with other you know i mean our school has always said we want to partner with you mm to educate your children. And we have been on board for that. Like, yeah, we would like to partner with you, you know, and we have viewed ourselves that way as partners. And they they have viewed themselves as our partner. I'll say yeah, it that way. There, yeah. And and we have signed up for that. Yes, like that's what you're signing on when you say, I'm going to pay you this amount per month to then send my child to you for an education. That is what it is. It's a partnership. And I don't think we've absolved our right or our duty as a parent by doing that. We have said we will delegate this out. We'll farm it out to you, right? And I think that's worked for us up till now. But as we have grown into the later grades, you know, looking at now next year will be fourth grade. Pre, you know, pre-middle school kind of getting fourth, fifth, sixth is like 
the escalation to middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, we have realized that not only were we linking arms with the school, but we were also linking arms with the other parents mm-hmm. at the school. And like, I don't think that in when we had our oldest in first grade, we had even a slight thought towards that at all. Like it was, there was no issues, no concerns. Like everything's cute and fun and innocent in kindergarten first, even second. All sweet, adorable. Kids are great. You know, boys and girls are fun. They have, they play together. There's just no, there might be some crushes here and there, but it's like, it's all kind of good natured. But then as you get into fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you start to see, I think you see more of the results of someone's belief system working out in their parenting home belief yeah like what they Overall what their, their world system. view yes. is is starting to actually like kind of come out because now their kids are going to see certain movies at the theater and the whole let's say half of the half of the class is invited to go all see this movie together and you're going well, I wouldn't want my kid to go see that movie. And now they're going to be on the, the half of the class that's not invited. And better better yet, let me ask the question, why is half of the, the that class actually content or happy to have their child see that movie? Like, yeah. I actually have some real questions here about what are we actually teaching our kids? And now I've got all kinds of questions about the parenting and the beliefs and the core values of these families mm-hmm. that not only are our kids together all day, but like, I am I am kind of embedded in your culture because your child is raising my child and and vice versa yeah, to some rubbing, degree. Yeah, they're rubbing off on each There's, other. My kid is spending more time with your kid than they're spending with me. Mm-hmm. And you think this and you think that and your kid's doing this and that. And that's going to inevitably play a part in my kid's life. And I know that's going to happen at some part at some point in the real world, right? When they leave my home, yes, of course. But they're nine, mm. or but they're seven. Mm-hmm. Do I want that to happen today? Right. Right. Do I? And I think this is just a very this is where it's a very personalized conversation, and it just depends on your environment and your circumstance. But depending on the nature of the families in your school the culture of your county or your city or your state, wherever you're at, that can play a huge role in your experience of your kid's school. Like what are the families? What do they believe? What are their values? How do they live their lives? What is... How are they going to handle it when their kid bullies my kid? Yeah. Or... Or my kid bullies their kid. Like, it's not not saying... Our, what do they believe is right when yeah. it comes to, like, authority mm-hmm. or, you know, even these particular conversations like sleepovers mm-hmm. or drinking or, you know, right? Are they the kind who's like, hey, you know, I'd rather I'm, be, I'd rather I'm just, you know, party at our house where they're safe than if they're mm-hmm. going to party, I'd rather it be mm-hmm. at my house so I'm going to provide the liquor... We're not in that situation. So this is not about any one family. That's not even a real... That's just an example of when you start to see how people think, you're playing it out in your mind like, oh, okay, we are not on the same page. So we're only fourth grade right now or third grade right now and next year fourth. But what is that going to look like in sixth, seventh, eighth? Like big yikes. I'm going, I I do not think we're going to be on the same page at all. I'm not sure. I really want to be embedded with you guys and have my kid be linked with yours. I'm just not sure when we're talking five days a week, 40 hours a week, 
plus social events plus sports starts to be a whole life of being in that culture that i don't control it's not a culture i'm over like i'm not influential in that culture it's influenced by other people and other factors i'm not sure that i'm actually on board with that and and i'm going no i don't want that i don't want that for my kid i want to opt out and i want i want to have more say now while i while i can have a say and hopefully give them a taste for something better Mm -hmm. something different Mm-hmm. than what you guys are giving your kids a taste for. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, that the the idea of time, time is a big deal because if you're, like, I remember the uh, an illustration one of our old pastors gave was, hey, one degree off, one degree off at zero, you know, zero hours is not that big of a deal. But the longer and longer you extend that one degree out, yeah. time-wise, the farther and farther and farther away it gets. Mm-hmm. So if you're linked arms with a family and you're one degree out. So kindergarten or first grade. Yeah, kindergarten or first grade, you're one no degree out. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Whatever. But then third grade comes and you're getting farther. Right. You're starting to Fourth notice it. Fourth grade. Fifth Feel grade. It. And the longer and longer and longer, the farther away you are. And you're right. and, and it's visible. Well, it's and, visible in the and children I, and what they yeah. do and what they like, what they talk about, yeah. how they dress, how they how they act. I mean, you're starting to your kids picking things up. Mm-hmm. They're Where finding an affinity that, for yeah. things. They're growing a taste for media or or music artists mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And you're going, I don't want that for my kid. Yeah. I don't want them to become fascinated with an X person or X experience i don't want that i I want them to remain a child as long as possible and i don't like i want to make sure that the friends we're fostering are friends who are on the same page as us biblically Mm -hmm. and for us that has parents are whose parents are on the same page and for us we have always just i think by default but now very intentionally said our primary community is going to be church yeah not school and in a private school setting what I have found is that many people go to a private school for the community. Yeah. They go there because they want that to be their primary community. They value it. They look up to it. They elevate it. They even maybe idolize it. And it is so not important. May, not maybe. For sure. <laughs> they do. They do yeah. idolize it. And yeah. they it's, it's so important to them. They're so proud of it. And we've always been like, yeah. I thought that's what school, or I thought that's what church was for. Right. Like, I thought church was God's built-in system of friendship, community, accountability, challenge, mm-hmm. life-on-life discipleship. I thought that's what church was. But in our culture, we've been sold this false bill of goods that, like, education is everything, mm-hmm. right? It's this mm-hmm. prestige, especially when you go to a very expensive private Christian school in South Johnson County it does a lot for your name, for your reputation to go yeah. to that school. Yeah. And I'm not saying that everyone who goes there has that motivation, but it's just a fact. It just does. It does elevate. It says something about where you stand in the social strata. Mm-hmm. It does. It has. It, it's a statement on who you are. And that is what it is. But like, there's the other side of that. Even if you as a Christian are like, yeah, but I don't care. I just want the biblical worldview. There's a whole nother subsection of people who actually do care a lot about that. And they're there for that reason and that reason alone. And so you have to realize that you are linking arms with those people too. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't want to be linked with those people. Yeah. I don't want to be linked with them at all. Yeah. I want to be, I actually wouldn't hang out with some of those people even in a play date setting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let alone would I want my kid at the, at school with them for 40 hours a week. They're kids, yeah. I think it's important too that in all of this, I have been convicted to think about time differently mm-hmm. and think about think farther ahead in the future mm-hmm. right and that's that's what's caused us to do this because it's like hey if if this family or these kids are acting this way now mm-hmm. what happens when they get their hands on a cell phone yeah 100%. and 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 what happens when in sixth grade their parents think a cell phone is appropriate when we're right. like you're not getting a cell phone until you can drive right and even that is going to be a lockdown yeah you're thing not getting that social could, whatever it is right and so that's something that i think we have not failed in but been ignorant in in thinking about more long-term, hey, what do we want long-term? Who are these people going to be long-term? That's one thing. The second thing is the community aspect. It's funny because we were t- I was talking to an elder at our church about this, about the community aspect, and he actually was like, we were talking about, hey, family is your first community, mm-hmm. and then the church is the second community. And he's like, yeah, that's the way God designed it, obviously. And when you get those mixed up, you have big problems. Right. And it's like, why? And that, that again, is something that we want. We care. And not saying, again, if you go to public school, private school, whatever, that you don't. But but we care so deeply about what, what the Lord wants for us and what the Bible says. It's like we want to do everything we can to follow his design. Because we know that if you are outside of that design, chaos will ensue. Mm-hmm. And we felt that. Right, yeah. we felt the chaos of our lives when we get those things mixed up, and so our goal is family, community first, church community second, mm-hmm. and then right. we 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 will have a co-op community, right? Mm-hmm. But that will be a distant, very third, distant, very yeah. distant third. And we have That's kind found, of how it should be. And we right. have found in our lives when we focus on the the two primary things, our lives. Our, our kids' lives are better. Our lives are better. Our friend groups are better. They're more edifying. They're more refining. It's just better mm-hmm. all around. Yeah. Um, and that's what you, not that it's easier because we've had a lot of difficulties in mm-hmm. switching things, but it's like it's God knows better than we do Yeah. in every aspect. Yeah, and I think you can you can totally go to a private school or even a public yeah. school and still keep your main community, yeah. the church. I think a lot of people do that, and it's possible. Um, and so I, I don't think that, yeah, I, I don't think homeschool is... The solution. Like, yeah, a silver bullet that everybody... If everybody homeschooled, everything would be fine. I don't, I don't believe that. You know, I, I actually think that now being this close to it, I think that... I'm more convinced than ever that you really need to want to. You need to desire it. If you don't desire it, you shouldn't do it. Like, I don't think you should do it out of duty or out of, like, obligation. I think it needs to be a true desire of your heart. And it doesn't mean that it'll be easy. It'll still be hard. But it'll be a different motivation. God will enable it. Mm -hmm. And he will 
use it to grow you. Like I've jokingly said to friends, like I know that I'm signing up for sanctification boot camp. <laughs> like it is that. It is it is that. And I'm aware. And even just tonight I was talking to some moms and they were like, Oh, you know, I love that you're doing that. Like I just know I could never homeschool because I am a mean person. I'm mean. <laughs> and I was like, Well, you know, that's funny you say that because I think that we I think we all feel that way about ourselves. Like I think the truth is we're all mean. We're all impatient. We're all sinful, right? Yeah. At Romans 3, 23, all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I said, you know, as I'm learning more about who homeschools and what a homeschool mom looks like, I'm realizing it's not the stereotypical kind, patient, calm, quiet-spirited Proverbs 31 woman that I kind of thought it was when I was like in my 20s. I thought, oh, wow, like it would really take a special woman to do that. I'm not her. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing like, no, actually how you get to be that is through the trial, through the Mm -hmm. difficulty. And so, no, I'm not that person today. But by God's grace, as I enter into a difficult situation that he is calling me to, Mm -hmm. I will become that person. Mm -hmm. Because again, your goal to refine, right? Your dross to consume and your goal to refine. That is what he does. He is Mm -hmm. in the business of bringing us from one degree of glory to the next more and more like christ as we struggle and trip our way through and fall over ourselves and sin and mess up and repent to our children and apologize for being impatient and i don't think there's a special type of person who's called to homeschooling mm-hmm. and a different type of person who's called to a different type of schooling i don't think that's how it works mm-hmm. i think there, of course, is a lot of different lives and circumstances that necessitate different methods. But what I am realizing is my stereotype of the type of person who homeschools is not what I used to think. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am not the type of person who homeschools today. I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, right now, I'm not that person. But by God's grace, I will become more and more of all the things that Christ right, calls me to mm-hmm. in being more like him more reflecting his image in all of those challenges and trials. Yeah, and you're you're not sufficient so Christ can be. Right. You are not sufficient for our kids, so Christ can be. You're not sufficient for me, so Christ can be like you have that cup that says like you are critically deficient. Yeah. Which is which is a blessing. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't want to be we wouldn't want to be enough because then we wouldn't need Christ. What's mm-hmm. the point? If you if you're not deficient, you don't need someone to step in, mm-hmm. you know. And um, first of all, how how dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Well, I think we've covered it. We've we could probably talk about this for hours because we have. It's been an hour and sixteen minutes. I'm talking about like in our life, we've yes. been consistently talking about this for like. That's a good phase one. Six years. Phase one. one. Phase one of three. No. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's all. We'll cut it off here, folks. But uh, thank you for listening and caring and praying for us. And I know that this will be an adventure. It's going to be hard. But I also know that hard is not the same as bad. In three months, we'll be like, record another one and be like, oh, help us. <laughs> we're, Father in heaven. We, we were wrong. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>